Hello, my name is Liki Gay and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Over the last two years, youth unemployment has risen rapidly. Be it in Europe, the Americas or Asia, the percentage of young people unemployed is on the rise. The International Labour Organization says that globally, the rate of youth unemployment stands over 13%. The problem of unemployment and underemployment among young Africans is particularly acute. The World Bank estimates the population growth rate in the continent is almost 2.5%. This, together with the current global economic slowdown, combined with fewer jobs, means a higher proportion of its population is unemployed or underemployed. The consequences can be serious, as shown by the recent political unrest in the Middle East, North Africa and Europe. Although Africa doesn't share the same labor or socioeconomic characteristic of these regions, its youth are also struggling in a difficult employment market. According to Moisin Kunde, an economist in the Low Income Strategy Unit at the International Monetary Fund, the majority of the population in Africa still lives in the countryside and works in subsistence agriculture. This means the concept of unemployment in Africa is slightly different than in the West. Their formal employment is very low in Africa. So many people are engaged in subsistence living, for example, rural agricultural employment. This means many people in Africa would be classified as unemployed in the West. For young Africans, the problem is underemployment rather than unemployment. In many parts of the world, the problem of unemployment stems from the fact that young workers are unable to find work befitting their skills. In Africa, the problem is quite the opposite. A lack of skills restricts young people to low-skilled work or they are restricted to sectors with low productivity. In both cases, this is known as underemployment. Another characteristic of the African labor market is that the majority, that is 70 to 80 percent of the people, is employed in the informal sector. Even though these workers drive economic growth, most of them are considered to be underemployed. Africa's formal sector, although dynamic, is still small. It simply cannot create enough jobs for the millions of young people who enter the labor force every year. Shantayana Devarajan is a chief economist at the World Bank. There's quite rapid employment growth in the formal uh, sector, in the enterprise sector. The trouble is, it's from such a low base. It's such a small part of the labor force that though even those jobs, which are growing quite rapidly, aren't enough to absorb the 7 to 10 million young people entering the labor force every year. The roots of underemployment in Africa stem from low productivity among its workforce. Small businesses face a lack of infrastructure and basic public services, such as electricity and water, so this hampers productivity. Another problem is developing adequate human capital. Many young workers are poorly educated. According to the World Bank, 50% of the labor force in Africa has not completed primary education, which makes it difficult for them to access better jobs. Devarajan again. Now, if you haven't completed primary school, it's very hard to work in a factory. It's very hard to work in anything other than the mom-and-pop shop. Africa's underemployment woes are further intensified by the inability of the informal sector to create enough jobs for a growing young population. John May, a leading population specialist at the World Bank, says with the growing number of young people entering the labor market, government face difficult policy choices. Over the last 30 years, the informal sector in Africa has been key in absorbing young people, and Shantayanan Devarajan believes with the proper investment, it could help provide work for future generations. If we could target infrastructure to these households, 
the household enterprises so that they can then actually produce more, that could increase their productivity right away. But the task of generating more jobs is going to be made harder by a growing number of young people, which will lead to difficult policy choices for governments. You have, at the same time, to lower fertility. You have to continue to lower infant and child mortality. You have to train the youth. You have to do schooling. And all that has to happen at the same time. Second, Africa's demography also contributes to its high level of underemployment. It is a young continent and is likely to be dominated by a young population for the foreseeable future. Almost half its population is aged between 5 and 24 years old. The high birth rate, the fertility rate and the lack of family planning are all factors that will increase the population. Without the creation of jobs to absorb this larger population, underemployment levels are likely to increase. Eduardo Boss, lead population specialist at the World Bank, says these trends are likely to remain because of the so-called demographic momentum. Even when fertility declines, the number of young women and, and men who will be having families is still very large, so that uh, population growth continues for many decades, even after uh, fertility has reached very low levels. Given these high rates of unemployment and underemployment, what then can be done? Previous attempts aimed at getting the young into jobs have focused on improving the skills of the young unemployed. But according to Shantayana Devarajan, this only met with limited success. Governments, probably aided by donors, put together vocational training programs. And those, frankly, were, were quite unsuccessful. One of the reasons was that it was a government-run program, and what we found was that the government was training youth for one set of skills, but companies that were looking to hire people were looking for a different set of skills. So, for instance, the, you know, the car mechanics wanted people who could, who could be car mechanics, but that was not what the vocational training programs were, were doing. So there was a mismatch. Since then, governments have learned lessons from past mistakes and many programs now allow the market to dictate the skills gap that needs to be filled. Devarajan again. Now what we're seeing is very much a, a, a different approach where the private sector actually takes the lead and they say, we want car mechanics, we will pay for it. So they have these apprenticeship programs, which sometimes requires a little bit of a subsidy by government, but it's the private sector that takes ownership of it. And according to Eduardo Boss, the demographic momentum, that is the continuing growth of the population despite the decreasing reproductive rate, can also be turned into a bonus. The youth bulge can result actually in an added economic growth when certain conditions are in place. And amongst these are the ability of couples to plan for the number of children that they actually want to have, the uh, added economic growth, which is called the demographic dividend, can result if there are certain policies in place that will enhance the human capital of the young population so that you have a high proportion of well-trained people that are entering the labor force with fewer children at the young dependency age and still a very small proportion at the old ages where people are also dependent. International institutions such as the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund also have a role to play. They can help governments develop policies to foster broad-based inclusive growth, which according to Johannes Müller, economist in the IMF Africa Department, should benefit wide-ranging segments of the population. Now, inclusive growth goes beyond this concept, and it is defined as growth that is sustained over several decades. 
Um, it should also be broad-based across economic sectors so that it can create productive employment for the majority of the country's population. And then most importantly, it should also help reduce poverty noticeably. Inclusive growth can also lead to higher levels of employment. Moisey again. In terms of specific policies, they could focus on improving the business climate to nurture and encourage private sector uh, growth, which would then provide employment. Second, they could provide incentives and build human capital through education and healthcare. The IMF has been encouraging countries to focus on achieving high broad-based growth, making sure that this growth is actually inclusive, reducing the playing field. The idea really being that everyone has a fair chance. What we're really pushing is for countries to to improve the business climate, to get to reduce red tape, making it a fairer playing field for all. The issue of youth employment in Africa is different to that facing policymakers in many parts of the world, but it can be tackled by focusing on developing public services, building human capital, and achieving high inclusive growth. African governments can reduce underemployment and unemployment. And to learn more about this, please log on to www.imf.org/podcasts.